Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode seven of Just Another Football Podcast with me, Danny Miller. And with me, Josh Betley. Now... All the way from Cyprus. Yeah, all the way from Cyprus. So this is the most high-tech I think we've ever been so far. We'll see if it works. Yeah, well, let's hope. If Josh goes and I just start ranting randomly in the middle, it'll turn into some sort of Newcastle rant, I assume. Um, You'll have to try and imitate me if it drops out. Yeah. Oh, well, bloody hell. There we go. Done. Sorted. I've watched no football this weekend. It was just rugger. <laughs> You've watched all the football this weekend? Ish. Well, why not crack on straight away? Um, I watched the Bolton highlights. I No, I haven't watched the Bolton highlights. I don't even know what the score was, so you can enlighten me you, later on. You didn't miss much. You didn't miss much. <laughs> All right, let's crack on. Friday night football this week. Um, Brighton played West Ham. It finished 1-0 to Brighton. Um, did you watch it? I watched the last 25 minutes and then I've watched some highlights as well. Yeah. Because I watched some rugby beforehand because I Course. thought that would be a better match. Of course you were. Um, yeah, it wasn't, uh, I have to admit, it wasn't the greatest match in truth. Um, uh, no, well, to be fair, I don't think Brighton-West Ham was ever going to be the greatest match. No, but I, I, nonetheless, I'm surprised at the result um, to some extent. Um, we'll we'll start with... Um, I think it was... Say that again, sorry, Josh. I think it was a bit of a... Uh bit of a tactical win for Chris Hewton because he hadn't played Glenn Murray last week against City. I uh-huh. think he was saving him. Well, he scored he's, again he's scored this week. Like, he's the he's only... got like four in his last games against West Ham. Yeah, he's the only... Um, only uh, Vardy and Kane, in terms of English players, have scored more goals than him in 2018. Um, we said a few weeks ago, why not for England? Um more and more pundits are saying why not for England I can't remember what your viewpoint on this was um, I thought it was a bit isn't it 35 yes. a bit old mate maybe because Southgate's looking a bit more long term isn't he yeah um, but I, I don't thought, think he's ever played for the youth teams or anything no no I thought Brighton played quite well to be honest um, that Jahan Bash who um, Ollie was talking about last week and Knockhart their combination on the wings looked fairly decent, to be fair. Um, yeah. They were they were switching wings and uh, playing some really nice football at times. Um, do we think that um, Brighton can, uh, firstly, can stay up, but can stay up comfortably this year? Um, I think if they play like they did against... West Ham on Friday at home against all the similar all the teams around them. Then, then they probably should, would, could, would, should. Uh, <laughs> should have, would have, could have. Because again, sorry. he basically, he basically, Hutton uh, last weekend basically he rested a few players, didn't he? Yeah, it was to win that game. Um, I think the potential's there for them to stay up. Like they're not the most, they don't play the most attractive football, but I think he certainly gets sort of the most. Out of what they've got, they've got some decent players. They do knock out proper. Like they've got a good midfield. I thought Solly March played quite well in the number ten role. I think he's been playing quite well generally when he's been in the team this season. To be honest, Solly March. 
I think if they got three or four injuries, they'd be struggling. Yes. Um, okay, let's move on to West Ham because we've got loads to talk about today. Um, cool. West Ham, they didn't really create a lot. Um, they had some small chances. Arnautovic had a good chance at the end. Um, they've just come off the back of some really, really good results. How poor was their performance this week? Um, do you think maybe a bit of fatigue who crept in potentially? Yeah. Same stuff line up for like the fifth game in a row or something. Yeah. That um, does um, I think figure. Quite a few players in there. Noble, Zabaleta, who are maybe a bit old to be playing week in, week out, potentially. Yeah. That I think uh, you're probably right there. Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was one of the one of those days for them where it didn't really click. Yeah. And I think there, there was I, I, I didn't worry. I do worry that that is going to be a regular thing about West Ham this season where I don't think they... I think we we said last week, classic West Ham fans saying, oh, it's um, we'll get in the top eight. The, the reason I don't think they will is because they just have this tendency to be a little bit inconsistent during the season. Splutter would be the word I yes, would use. Yes, I agree. I feel like... Looking down the subs bench as well, I feel like maybe they're players that Pellegrini doesn't actually want in his starting lineup. Yeah, well, he's only had one um, one window, so hopefully that'll uh, hopefully that'll change for them over the next the course of the next few windows. Is Wilshire injured? Yes, of course he is. That would Jack be what? Wilshire. Classic. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on then. Um, Crystal Palace versus Wolves next. Um, finish one nil to Wolves. No goals at home this season for Palace so far. Um, what? Yes, it is worrying. Um, the question I want to ask you is why isn't Max Meyer in the starting lineup? Um, maybe lack of match fitness. Was he maybe? Honestly, he was... not really sure. I mean, he's on the bench. Yeah, I feel like. This is sort of classic Hodgson, though, isn't it? Like when he was in charge of England, he, like I think his first central midfield pairing was Gerard and Parker. And this isn't rampaging Gerard. This is aging Gerard who didn't go over the halfway line. Yeah. What two two holding midfielders basically in that? Yeah. In that side, I got a pork. I got scared. Oh no! It sounds. It to be fair, it's holding up pretty well. Let's see if it holds up. Josh is about to go into a storm, so if uh, if it cuts off, then it's all the storm's fault. So if we have a, if you have a new uh, new presenting partner next week, it's because I've died in, in a storm, <laughs> in a Mediterranean storm. The the, uh, the ratings might go up if that happens. Uh, well, yeah, we might get famous if that happens. Maybe you should die. Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Don't do that. Um, um, I think Milivojevic and MacArthur feel like uh, Hodgson's quite a loyal bloke, but he's like loyal to mediocrity. Yeah, I would agree. Um, he like he likes his four four two, doesn't he? Sort of uninspiring nineteen eighties style football. Yes. Um, um, I think it. Go on. Sorry. Difficult. Difficult. I, I I don't know why he's not starting. He, I mean, uh, he's, he's quite young, isn't he? So maybe he doesn't fully trust him yet. Yeah, he looked very very good when he came on on uh, on Saturday. Um, 
he's for me he, he creates chances and that's and you need Zaha needs a player like that. Um, he started IU on Saturday, I think, um, and it just didn't mm-hmm. work out. Apparently, they've been working on getting IU into more goal scoring positions. It's not working. Um, it, I thought it was a weird signing anyway over the summer, but um, I think if Max Mayer was starting behind Zaha, it would you would probably get a a really really good result, a solid like um, you'd be creating like five or six good goal scoring opportunities a game, and Zaha's good enough to be putting two or three of them away. Do you think maybe defensively he's not quite there, well, essentially? the question that you've got to ask is that, and, and I was this was going to be my next question, was about Palace's defence. Um, but the question you've got to ask is, are they creating enough chances going forward? No. And they're, they're defensively frail anyway. So surely... To balance this, I mean, what you'd be doing is, from what he did last week, was taking Ayu out and putting Max Mayer in, which isn't really going to change it defensively anyway. Yeah, um, fab. Um, that was sort of the, the gamble that Wigan under Roberto Martinez had for like two or three years, wasn't it? They'd, they'd score loads, but they'd concede loads as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it worked for is in the third year they went down. Yeah, but they also won an FA Cup, so... They did. Um so that was a good thing. Um, but about their defence, um, it's looking shaky. Um, they didn't look all there on Saturday. Um, as opposed to Wolves' defence, who looked pretty solid on Saturday. Uh, Connor Cody had a great game, but do you think questions can be raised about the rest of the defenders in that Wolves side? Um, I was listening to something on Sky Sports News earlier, and uh, they were saying... Like the back three wouldn't necessarily be players who you'd think would make such a strong defence. Uh-huh. Uh On the flip side, haven't they? They've had the same starting lineup for all eight matches. Yeah, they're the first side in Premier League history to do that, I think. So um, clearly, they're playing together a lot. So that's that can only be a good thing for not necessarily like individually. They're not like maybe the best players compared to other players in the league, but as a unit, they've played together a lot. And that's that's paying dividends. They're keeping teams out. Yeah, I mean, Palace had sixty-seven percent possession. Yeah, fifteen shots, eleven uh, only four on target, um, compared to like thirty-three percent possession for Wolves and nine shots. Well, that surprises me. That surprises me because their um, their whole ethos is about playing football and having it on the floor and keeping possession and playing that sort mm-hmm. of Man City style game um, but obviously they weren't doing that on Saturday they obviously felt like they had to play a different way which is obviously a, re- a real positive for them that they have changed the way that they normally play and then and they've still won um, yes they were talking about um, I don't know if you've seen match of the day they were talking about um, it was Shearer and uh, Ian Wright and they were talking about uh, Doherty the right back that scored um, he captained yeah. uh, England under 17s a few years ago. Um, he's played in under 18s and under 20s. How long until he is in a, in for a shout for a call up? Yeah, um, I just assumed he was Irish. He's called Doherty, but there huh. we go. Clearly doing my research. No, I didn't watch Match of the Day because if I don't watch it, you can't get iPlayer out here. So okay. if I didn't catch it live. 
I'll watch it. Um, I think right the right side of defence is somewhere where England have a lot of strength. Yeah. So I think he'd probably be. I mean, if you look at Walker, Trippier, Alexander Arnold, and Joe Gomez can play right back as well. I'd yeah. say he's probably at least sort of fifth or sixth cab off the rank. But you never know. Like all fo- like it wouldn't be unheard of for all four of them to all be injured at once. Yeah. And he doesn't um, like Walker. He doesn't like to play Walker there anyway, which we'll get on to. Yeah. So yeah, I think two, within the next two or three years, definitely in with a shout. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. On to Leicester versus Everton um, at the King Power, and Everton came away two-one winners. Um, they played Richarlison through the middle with Bernard and Walker either side. Um, do you think that? Um, Richarlison might be making that transition into a striker, similar to what we were talking about with Arnautovic last week. Um, sort of that, like he's not an out-and-out centre-forward, is he? But that's no. sort of like Firmino, sort of false nine type player. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think maybe they set up like that because they're away from home against a team that like to play possession-based football. Yeah. Is there calls for him to um, start there over the next couple of weeks, do you think? Um, I think uh, Tozen's played, like, he's not done very well, has he, at the start of the season. He's not. He's only scored once or twice in their opening sort of six or seven games before the weekend. Uh-huh. So I think it was sort of w- worth, worth uh, giving a go. Like, Bernard's played well off the bench, and then Sigurdsson and Walcott have sort of nailed down their spots in that system. And I think Marco Silva likes players who can play football, whereas Tozen's more of sort of like a traditional number nine, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and it's, again, like you say, uh, it's like horses for courses. He's going to change that system. Um, the reason I ask that is because Bernard had such a good game on Saturday. Um, uh, if Tozen starts... Then do you think Bernard is good? Do you think Bernard could force Richarlison out of the team because of how well he played on that side on Saturday? Or do you think he's a surefire um, starter, Richarlison? I think because he's scoring all the goals at the moment, isn't he? Basically, yeah. yeah. Him and Sigurdsson. Um I don't know if um, Richarlison could play on the right or Bernard could play on the right, and maybe. Walcott would be rotated out of the team. But, I mean, it's nice for them to actually have competition for places for once. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, I think. Um, what a goal by Sigurdsson. You talk about Sigurdsson. Oh. Um, since 2012, yeah. he's actually scored the most... Uh, he's joint top with Coutinho for the most goals outside the box. Um, Do you know how many of his 50 Premier League goals he scored from outside the box? Yeah, it's 19, I think. Correct. Yeah. We're full of stats on this show, aren't we? Yeah. (laughs) I was watching, I had to make do with Premier League review over match of the day. Oh, well, that's rubbish. Um, Yeah, but all the goals and uh, some of the the stats as well. Yeah, Yeah, Screamer. Uh, Yeah, great finish. Um, He is, I think we we talked about this last season, pre-podcast recording, um, that... He didn't benefit last season from being stuck out of the on the wing, um, and that his best position was through the middle. That's showing dividends now. Um, they're getting the results from him. Um, he he went to Spurs, didn't really do it 
do you think that um, if he carries on playing the way he is, that he'll be being looked at again by some top six sides, or do you think he's pretty comfortable at Everton? Um, tricky one. Obviously, he was at Swansea before. He he went on loan to Swansea, didn't he? Didn't he initially? He did. I think for a German team, if I remember correctly, and then Spurs picked him up, but he never really had a run in the team. Then he obviously went back to Swansea and then he's gone to Everton. I think he's one of those players that quite likes being the focal point of a lesser team. Yeah. Um, so potentially, obviously, he's like Iceland's main man as well and that's sort of a role that he thrives in. Whereas I think maybe when he's got other better players who are maybe the focal point of a team, he doesn't necessarily get noticed as much. Yeah, that's fair enough. I would go, I would go with that. Um, mm-hmm. on to um, the goalkeeper um, Leicester's goal Pereira scored on his birthday um, do you think that it was a saveable chance there was criticism from some of the guys on BT on Saturday that Pickford should have stayed on his feet um, do we think that it was a, something that could have been saved or do you think that, um, that the criticism is harsh I think I mean, I've only I've only seen it from the like main sort of match camera angle. They didn't do a reverse camera angle of it. I know he's got, sort of got on a hand to it, but I think maybe I mean obviously I'm not a professional footballer, so I don't really know. Yeah, but I think from Are you not a from the distance out, I didn't realise. <laughs> no, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I actually get on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and forget and and remember even. <laughs> Um, I think maybe from that, from the distance out that Pereira's shooting, he's probably making an educate bit of a guess. Yes, that's that's exactly what they said. And if you've started to go the wrong way, there's not really much you can do. So, so I think it's sort of a bit of both. I think it'll be very disappointed he's not kept it out. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I think he will be because he will be disappointed because he's. Uh, if I think if he'd stayed on his feet, he saves it, personally. Yeah. Um, but then a, if he stayed on his feet and he shoots somewhere else, he might not have saved it. That is true. That is so true. So hindsight is a wonderful thing. It is, yeah. Um, on to Leicester's goalkeeper, um, Kasper Schmeichel. Um, Ollie raised questions about him last week. He made a couple of really good saves on Saturday, but the first Everton goal, he... Came out for one, didn't get. Got... Pardon? Oh, no, Everton won, didn't they? Everton Oops. won 2-1. You're doing they a me did. on last I... week's. Um, yeah, he, he came out, went to punch the ball, didn't get it. It fell to Richarlison, went in. Um, I think his touch actually took it. Cause he's just uh, He got fingertips to it and it's literally just curled it onto Richarlison's boot perfectly. Yeah. So do you if think... If he doesn't get a touch, get in there. Do you think that... Leicester need another goalkeeper. Um, um, Danny Ward's not really going to put any pressure on him, is he? Because he's never played. He was like fourth choice at Liverpool or whatever. He was. Uh, tricky one, because I remember a couple of years ago, it might have even been their title winning year, they had Ron Robert Zeeler. Yes. Uh, who's a German keeper. And then, but he didn't get in the team, so he left. And then they had someone else, and he didn't get in the team, so he left. Um, 
No, I think they had Schwarzer in their title-winning year because Schwarzer won two uh, Premier yes, League medals yeah. in a game. I think the year after was Zelo, wasn't it? Yeah, so they've sort of always had a second keeper that's never gone in the team. I think he could do with someone to stiffen the competition, though, because he's not been great this year. Yeah, I would agree. Another player that hasn't been great in that back line is Wes Morgan. That's his second red card in, in two games. Um Oh, it's so funny. Oh, it was ridiculous. A... It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, do you think that it's time for for Leicester to invest now in a in another centre half that's going to play alongside Maguire, or um, do you think Wes Morgan's still got some game time in him? Um, well, they've got Johnny Evans sat on the bench. I Why think isn't he Johnny playing, Evans. I think Johnny Evans is about three times the player that Morgan is. I think Leicester invest a lot into Wes Morgan. Obviously, he was their title-winning captain, but I mean, he's—I I don't rate him along compared to like Evans and Maguire. Yeah, he, so he makes silly tackles. That's the—that's the problem. He makes, he makes lots of—he doesn't make like horrendous two-footed studs-up red card challenges. He makes like the the second the card he got. For uh, his second yellow was basically um, was that your mum shouting you for tea or something? Um, uh, no, um, just had an invader that slowly crept in and crept out again without being noticed. Which oh, is okay, um, I can't remember what I was saying now. What was I saying about Morgan's oh, silly tackle? Yes, yeah, so in the second tackle was on the halfway line. Um, so just it was a needless tackle. Away from goal. Pardon? Finding himself so far away from the goal that he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, that is true. That is true, actually. Um, I think we all went... I think we went for score draw on that game on, on Saturday, didn't we? Um, mm. And it wasn't far away. A goal to win... A goal worthy to win any game, I would say. Yeah. Um, all right. Now on to probably, I would say, the surprise result of the weekend. Uh, Watford versus Bournemouth. Um Finish four 0 to Bournemouth. I'm not saying it's written in the stars, my prediction, but we'll we'll uh we'll carry on. Um Watford were awful. They've not won since. Say that again, sorry. After Watford won their first four, they've not won since. Yep. Well what did I say, Josh? You did. I did. I didn't disagree with you. <laughs> now many people did. I got a lot of uh, a lot of criticism. Watford, Watford will go down. What are you talking? Well, fuck you all. That's all I'm going to say. I um, mean, they are ten points above the relegation zone currently. They are, um, but I still think the the possibility is there. Um, classic, as we they talked just, about last uh, week. Classic London booze at half time. Um, they're not. I think they're ninth, aren't they, or something in the league? Uh, and they're getting yeah. booed off at half time, even though they've probably had one of the best starts that they've ever had in the Premier League. Um, ridiculous, really. Even though they were they were fairly woeful, uh, and Cabasale's red card was just it was probably as ridiculous as Wes Morgan's. What do you think? I think uh, he had one of the most sort of classic white... I'm being sent off for that? Faces. Yeah. Both both of his tackles, he, he just... Oh. They were just, so stupid. You know the second one... Me? 
He reminded me a bit of Titus Bramble. Yes, I, I get it completely. He was also a massive tool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Newcastle will probably sign him. You are? You'll probably sign him in January or something. Who, Titus Bramble? Maybe. <laughs> probably improve your defence. Yeah, you prob- well, Mike Ashley's looking for a bargain, isn't he? So probably. Um, yes, yeah, so Watford were awful. Um, Bournemouth are now up to sixth place. Sixth. Bournemouth, sixth. Weren't there calls for like Eddie Howe to be sacked about three weeks ago or something? Yeah, um, wouldn't surprise me. Trigger happy. Um, Bournemouth were were fairly brilliant, uh, and one player that doesn't get talked about a lot in this Bournemouth side um, is Josh King. Uh, what what do you think about that King Wilson partnership? I feel like they're they're really good foil for each other because yeah. they sort of both do both jobs like you it's not very easy to differentiate who's like the center forward and who's the um link between the midfield back they sort of both do a bit of both they both normally sort of chip in with about 10 goals a season yeah and that's important as they both play up front that's like that's 20 goals a season um you wouldn't necessarily look at their starting lineup and go that's like a premier league quality lineup but i feel like they add up to more than their individual parts yeah definitely um made some signings as well lerma in midfield yeah the guy that scored um the first goal on saturday brooks yeah David Brooks from... been called Hills. pardon he's just been called up by wales i think has he yeah uh... It deserve it. He, he played really well on Monday as well. Um, got a goal on Monday. I think he was eleven and a half million pound signing from Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be. I think he's a sort of player that is going to thrive in that Bournemouth team. He looks like he's good on the counter attack. He can score. He'll chip in with a few goals this season. Um, I think Bournemouth will be fine. I, I don't think either of us have ever said that Bournemouth will be in that scrap by May, have we? No, they've got, if you look down their subs bench as well, they've got quite good strength in depth when they bring the subs on. They're not necessarily losing anything. Yeah, that's true. They're a decent, they're, they're a decent side. And they've got Premier League experience now, which is yeah, huge. Yeah, I think, I think they'd be disappointed to finish outside the top 12. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, they just need to expand their stadium, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, Spurs versus Cardiff at Wembley. Um, it finished 1-0. But the first thing I want to talk about is not any of the teams. It's the state of the pitch at Wembley. Um, England will be playing there, I assume, over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. The pitch was horrendous. Um, Had it been used for L or something? It must have been because the it was the the centre circle especially was just woeful. Um, do you think that that affected the way that Spurs played on Saturday because they were fairly poor? Kane, I think, had like the least shots, some of the least shots that he'd ever had in a game of football, and they're playing Cardiff. We said it was going to be. About thirty-four nil, didn't we? Um, but do you think that affected like the 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 game that Spurs were playing? 
Yeah, I also think, again, maybe fatigue. They've got a small squad and they've had three games in a week. They have. Um, so, I mean, he rotated a little bit. Um, I thought Cardiff weren't as bad as they have been at some points this season. Yes, I would agree with that, definitely. Uh, I think they probably got themselves up a bit more because it was Spurs. But again, like they never really looked like getting anything out of the game. That's true. Um, Neil, Neil Warnock's a pleb as well. He's yeah, so well, I'm, I'm just going to read some of the quotes from his post-match press, press conference. Uh, and this was to do with Joe Rall's 100% definite red card. Um, it's come out yeah. today that they've appealed it, by the way. Um, but he said this about Harry Kane. England player going off like that, dear me. He went straight in and pushed him. Why not give him a red? I don't think he should try and get, get other pros sent off just because he's had a poor game and Spurs were having a poor game. He shouldn't take it out on us. And then he said about Mike Dean, it disappoints me because Mike is an experienced referee and a good referee. I think if he'd gone with his gut instinct, he would have given a yellow card because that's what he was going to do. Do you think he was ever going to give a yellow card for that? No, not at all. There was um, the commentator on Premier League Review was like, oh, it was reckless, not out of control. And reckless is only a yellow card. Well, he then went on to say, then one or two busy people went around to the other linesman in particular. And I think Dean, I think he's, Dean, taken the advice of them. I thought it was a very soft one, to say the least. Ooh. He said violent conduct. I don't see it being violent conduct. I think it was cynical. And uh, we are very critical of uh, Eric Dyer on this podcast. He scored on Saturday. It was a tap-in. Um, but he said in his post-match press conference that he there's a lot of ways that you can bring a player down when you're in that position without smashing him to bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I completely agree I with him. Yeah, I just the Cardiff bloke was it Rowles? Is that his Rowles, name? Rowles, yeah, Joe Rowles. He just made absolutely no intention to play the ball. No, that that was um, the thing for me. The ball was so far away, and he just absolutely smashed him. Basically, he's like slide tackled him without the ball. Yeah, exactly. He was about forty meters from goal, and there was about four other defenders between him and the goal. So it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that would have been a definite red on FIFA. Oh, 100%, 100%. Definite red, yeah. I, I think it's a red card. I don't even think there's an argument. No, neither do I. And I'll be very, very surprised if it gets overturned. Yeah. Uh, it was another goalless performance for Cardiff this weekend. Um, I I have to say, I I can't see where their goals are going to come from. Um, Hoylett had a chance after Josh Murphy chipped it over. Larice, but he just didn't want to throw himself at it. Aldevaro cleared it off the line. If they're not going to go in for those type of goals where they are going to put their bodies on the line, I just can't see them getting anything this season. Yeah, no, I think they're absolute guaranteed 19th. Or 19th is the best they can do, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, Warnock also said this week um, that he is worried about getting sacked. Um. Well, I'm worried about him getting sacked. Yeah. If he does, I owe you the McDonald's. You are? You're if he gets McDonald's. sacked, I owe you a 
McDonald's. Yes, that is true. Well, sack before Christmas, yeah. Um, just one more player that I want to talk about, and for Spurs this time, and that's um, Son Hyung Min. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about underrated Premier League players in the past. Do you think that Son is one of them? Um, yeah, I think he's really improved since he's been at Spurs. I think the first first season or so, he got a bit of stick because he was. I mean, his his application's always been there, but his end product hasn't necessarily been. But I, I think he's really improved. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely really agree with that. You I, never hear about Son complaining about not being in the starting lineup. You never hear him complain about anything, really. Um, he, I I think he's a he's a great professional. Um, he's a probably one of the uh, probably the the only candidate that. Spurs have got in their squad that would replace Harry Kane if Kane got injured because he can yeah. play up there as well. Um, I just, and do a similar job. Yes. I, I think he's a, re- a really, really good player. Lorente's a bit too much of a target man for that sort of thing. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I I agree with that. Do you think maybe the most more more successful as a South Korean import than Park Ji-sung? Um, in terms of ability, he's probably twice the player Park Ji Sung was. But yeah. in terms of uh, the impact he's had on Spurs, uh, compared to the impact that Park Ji Sung had on Man United, in ter- not in terms of like his playing ability, but in terms of like just being a character around the team, I think Park Ji Sung yeah. was probably a little bit more. Of yeah, that. completely. But, Maybe Son hasn't been there long enough. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he's had maybe. other things on his mind, like going into the military and stuff like that. Um, Connor, or version, which is not tested in a controversial way at all. But um, do you think as United or like oh. South Korea to be able to open their branding up to that part of the world? Say that again. Sorry, you cut off a bit. Sorry, someone messaged me. Um, do you think play- clubs like United and Spurs will sign players from that part of the world um, in order for them to be able to open up their branding to that particular nation or that part of the world? I would probably uh, say yes to that, and I think that's exactly what Newcastle have done as well. We'll get on to talk about um, Yoshimoto, uh, and I think mm-hmm. more and more sides are doing that because it's quite a big commercial side of the game. Now, um, yeah. like to sign a player from uh, Asian countries that wouldn't necessarily get the opportunity in the Premier League, I think is a is a huge now a huge move, um, mm-hmm. and a huge and and the Premier League is obviously a huge draw for for Asian players. Yeah, definitely. I sa- there's a team in like the J League that have exactly the same kit as Man United. Oh, really. I can't remember who it is, and I can't remember if it's because they're owned by like the same consortium or because it was just a rip-off. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll find them on FIFA at some point. Um, it was also about five, so it might not be the case anymore. Yeah. Um, all right, the final three o'clock game on Saturday was Burnley versus Huddersfield. Um, mm-hmm. Goodmanson again with another assist. Uh, Huddersfield scored... Unbelievable scenes. That's the f- their first goal from open play this season. Only their first, uh, their fourth goal. They had twenty eight. They played twenty eight crosses into the box on 
on Saturday. Uh, but the uh, Deportra dived in the box. Have you seen this? No. Okay, so Deportra dived. Uh, it's going to make my question uh, uh, null and void, but Deportra dived and then Tarkovsky, who he alleged had fouled him, then it, what it looks like is that Tarkovsky is stamped on Deportra. Okay. Um, now, I was going to ask you what you thought of it, but you haven't seen it. So I will tell you what I thought of it. I thought it was a I thought it was a definite stamp. And mm-hmm. the reason that I thought that was because Tarkovsky looked so annoyed at him after it, to the point where Zapotra was on the floor, James Tarkovsky was still stood up and he leant down and was like shouting in his ear, basically. To me, that doesn't show I mean, he's just dropped out of the England squad. Um Tarkovsky. I'll be interested to see what your mm-hmm. thoughts are on it. Um, m- uh, maybe next week, or maybe you can tweet about it later. Yeah, I'll have a little look. That wasn't on the the highlights package that I was able to find in this limited. I limited thought you'd be able to watch like everything over life. there. Um, you sort of get like one Sky Sports channel and one BT Sports channel, and they sort of composite it all down oh great you, can, you do get bbc one but i missed the live stream because i wasn't at home on saturday night oh too busy too busy partying uh yes indeed um, um i mean if he's stamped and made contact well even an attempt to stamp in my eyes is a red card but then if the ref hasn't seen it it's a bit of a difficult one it's one of those where like he's he could be losing his balance and he's just put his weight on one foot yeah, potentially. But to me, it looked to me it looked like a stamp because of the aftermath. That's that's what mm-hmm. made me think it was a stamp. Um, Goodmanson, as I said, got another assist. How crucial is that um, Goodmanson Lennon combination with the two front men, whether that's Volks and Wood or Barnes or Vidra or whoever? Uh, how important is that for getting Burnley goals this season? Uh, really important. <laughs> Does Robbie Brady still play for Burnley? Must be good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because um, uh, Goodmanson seems to have taken over that sort of creative responsibility because Brady was sort of providing that beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really good player. Really improved. Really makes that team tick. I'm actually looking forward to seeing a little bit more of Burnley this season. I don't. I think we were talking about if they'd stayed in the Europa League, they would have struggled. Um, but now they're just, mm. they've just got the Premier League to think about. I think um, I don't think they'll finish seventh again. I think they'll be mid-table, but uh, they play some all right stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're up to 12. They're up Where to 12th? Yeah. Wow. Uh, after their start they had, then that, that's that's big. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I can talk about this game yet. I haven't quite got over it. Um, Man United versus Newcastle. I'm not. You are. I've not quite been losing my tiny tip again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, After ten minutes, I'm coming in. Uh, you. I blame you. Uh, no, I blame myself. Uh, it finished three-two to Man United. Um, 
I want to talk about the positives first. Um, what a game. Mm-hmm. What a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you watch it? No, I've seen the highlights. It was... Uh, I was loading in for a gig, so I only got to watch... Uh, I was I was like... I had it on, and I was like keeping up with it. Um, what a game. Mm-hmm. Um, the first 10 minutes were unbelievable man united were all over the place um and i want to talk about um yoshini rimuto who started up front for newcastle on uh on saturday night he was signed from i think it was mainz for about 11 million um i think ollie said something about last week what's that all about signing muto um well we hadn't seen much of him i agree to some extent like what are we doing signing an unproven premier league uh unproven striker but he was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. uh on saturday uh he ran the channels well he uh, spread the defense uh he made it awkward arguably when he went off was when it all fell apart um but he just doesn't have 90 minutes in his legs yet um yeah the question I want to ask is how obviously it was Muto's first start on Saturday. How much do you think that unknown quantity of starting him up front? Because let's be honest, I think even Newcastle fans don't really know that much about Muto. Um, how much do you think that unknown quantity played a part in Newcastle's good start? Um, yeah, I think is it his first, is it his first start in the league? Yeah, well, first start, full stop. Yeah, first start, full stop. Obviously, he'll want something to prove. He'll feel like that Perez and Hosselu are both ahead of him in the pecking order. Well, well, the thing is that Perez plays uh, in the number 10. Mm -hmm. But I think Benitez was... He he had the right idea. He basically played Perez alongside Muto on Saturday and it worked really well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And we played very attacking football. Um, I have to say uh, another positive as well was we created a lot of chances and and as good as Muto was he did miss a good opportunity uh, he had a he had a yeah. good a good header saved by uh, De Gea probably should have gone in. Um, what um, the free kick that was taken from uh, the the left hand side of uh, Man United's right hand yeah. side. Um, mm-hmm. The camera angles show that the referee wasn't even looking at the free kick being taken. Um, never mind looking at Ashley Young um, and seeing that not only did it bounce off his hand and was a penalty, he didn't even give a corner kick. Um, how crucial is it that the linesmen actually do their jobs? Well, they have microphones so they can communicate to each other, don't they? They do. And surely you'd say to one of the linesmen or the linesman nearest, can you keep an eye on the ball or can you keep an eye on what's going on in the box? Because like, obviously he can't be looking everywhere, but you'd think that they'd watch it sort of until it's gone past the wall. Yeah. Well, I know, I know he's looking um, for, for, for things in the box and... If there's a foul in the box, but that is just for me. It was so frustrating. We were two 0 up at the time. Uh, that makes it three 0 That is the game dead and buried. It should have been dead and buried at two. We'll get onto that. But 
that is 3-0. Like, that is a penalty and probably 3-0. Um, and yeah. that is game, set and match. And handball in the box? That will be a yellow. Yeah. I, I mean... It was like he stuck out his elbow, his arm was in an unnatural position. It was a penalty, 100%. But the thing I can't believe is that he didn't even give a corner. Well, there was the linesman was right behind Shelby, wasn't he? I'm not sure if he was on that side or the other side. Because Shelby turned round straight away and was like, unless unless he was looking behind him to see if the linesman was there and he wasn't. Like I know they only have two linesmen and... I just think more and more decisions. Maybe at that point, both were in the same half to offer another pair of eyes. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. Um, but those are decisions that you can't get wrong, and and why VAR has to come in. And we've, I mean, I think there's been probably a decision every weekend where you've gone, that is so obvious and would be cleared up in literally like five seconds. Mm-hmm. That it's... You, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even ref go and look at that again the bloke in the box could just be like that is handball in the box yeah and would just say because he i think the the thing is i think it was it bobby madley is that who was refereeing um probably like he he hasn't even looked at it oh no it's anthony taylor anthony taylor he hasn't even looked at it he hasn't even seen it so it just it just makes the decision even more ridiculous um yeah the player that was gonna uh, Two players that played really well on Saturday. The first one was Martin Dubravka. We've spoken about him before. Um, for me, a top eight goalkeeper. He had a great game on Saturday. Again, like he did last season against Man United. But um, another player that I think we need to talk about. Uh, have I cut We've done out? So well. It's all right. Dubravka. You're back. Man. I was just saying, Dubravka, top eight um, goalkeeper, quality like he was last season. Another yeah. player that was brilliant on Saturday was John Joe Shelby. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see, so we, we're on FaceTime here, me and Josh, and he just knew straight away that I was going to mention John Joe Shelby here. Um, he played a phenomenal ball in for Muto, for Muto's goal, um, from the right-hand side, straight into Muto's feet. How in the world has he not got an England call-up? Uh, I feel like anything I say is going to get me in trouble. No, go on. No, you're not going to get in trouble from me, but I'll just tell you why you're wrong. Um, I just maybe feel like Southgate doesn't trust him. Okay, tell maybe. me why. Tell me why. Because you're because talking about a player. I have an answer to this because I know he's he's not been sent off for ages, has he? He hasn't well, even had even a yellow booked. card. Uh Tricky because I think he should be there or thereabouts. We're going to get onto the England squad, and I'll tell you why Shelby should be in that England squad later. But for me, yeah. just that pass that he played into Muto was just brilliant. And like, we don't have anyone that plays any sort of passes like that. So for me, it just is a no-brainer for him to go in the side. Um, let's let's talk about United. Um, uh, Man United for a second they, the difference between the two teams on Saturday for me was the substitutions that were made um, United brought on Sanchez, Matter and Fellaini I think mm-hmm. Matter came on in like the 19th minute or something 
Um, yeah. Newcastle brought on Hosselu, Atsu and Murphy. Quite a quality difference there, I'm not going to lie. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think, obviously that matter substitution was huge. Do you think it was a case of Mourinho should be getting praise for that? Or do you think it was a case of that those players that came on had a point to prove? A bit of both, really. I think Mourinho's hand was forced by... I think if he'd lost to Newcastle, he's gone. Yes. Um, Trying to say? I think it was interesting... (laughs) Uh, more more for the fact that he'd have not won for like five games and the teams that he hasn't got results against would have just been stacking up. Newcastle would just been another name on top of the pile with like yeah. Wolves, West Ham. Um, I think it was interesting he took Eric Bailly off. Yeah, he put McTominay in centre-half. He got caught out a couple of times. I, th- I think we could have been 4-0 up at half-time. Um, but... Yeah, interesting... Yeah, um, uh, for me it was that Man United's world-class players turned up in that second half and they weren't there in the first. Pogba was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's look. have a quick look at the negatives from Saturday. Um, Diame gave a silly free kick away for, for Man United to score their first. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've, I've written lack of quality off the bench. Uh, but the way that there's, we've talked about briefly about Man United's substitute change in the game. Matter Sanchez Fellaini thought Fellaini was really good when he came on Saturday. As opposed to that, Newcastle's subs came on and did nothing. Uh, the the amount of quality that Man United can bring off the bench to change the game, whereas I think for a team like Newcastle, I'm not saying it's just just Newcastle, but they um, it severely depletes that starting eleven. What do you think? Yes. I think maybe as well, like the tide was going so against Newcastle by that stage that it would have been irrelevant whoever came on. I agree to some extent, but then if you can bring on a, if you can bring on, uh, I don't know, even Eric Bailly, if you can bring Eric Bailly on and play him in the centre of defence alongside Fernandez and Lascelles, I think you've got then a basis to to be able to defend a little bit better. I think the part of the problem was that we invited a lot of pressure in the second half. We weren't set up the same as we were in the first half. Um, yeah. To sort of like mm-hmm. try and protect that lead. And I don't think you can do that against Man United, unfortunately. Yeah, tricky. Um, have you I got... mean, before the game started, before the game started, did you think you've got, a, did you think you're going to get no. anything out of the game? Um I have to admit, no. Uh, I thought we could get a draw out of it. I would have been happy with a draw. Um, but I think when you're 2-0 up, you can't concede like that. You can't be 2-0 up and then and, and concede three and lose the game for me. Um, it just shows... I think it shows uh, not only a lack of um, a lack of experience, Premier League experience in that Newcastle squad, but also... It just shows the the temperament of the squad at the moment. I don't. I think there's a lack of confidence generally throughout the squad. Um, yeah. I think if that had happened at the end of last season, then mm-hmm. no way would we be throwing away a two goal lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we were, as as good as Man United were in the second half. I thought we were fairly poor, but I thought we were brilliant in the first half. And if we'd put our chances away, the game is over. And a little bit of luck as well. I have to admit. Yeah. 
Um, anything else to say on that game? It was it was a really really good game uh, of football, and uh, it was nice to be first on match of the day for once. Um, right on to Sunday. Um, we start with uh, Fulham versus Arsenal. What a goal! Fulham have a Bolton. I'm going to say Bolton legend, but he's not really. And uh, this is why they could go down because they've got Tim Ream in defence. Yeah. And uh, he was a defender we signed in the January, I think, that we went down, and he's awful. They, um, they've they conceded 21 goals this season so far. Worry. It's the most out of every uh, team in the league, even more than Cardiff. Uh, but saying that, Arsenal were fantastic on Saturday. Um Ramsey's yeah. goal was just unbelievable. What a Tech team it. goal. It reminded me of uh, Wilshire's goal against Norwich a few years ago. He scored in the same minute that he came off the bench. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Like, Correct. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, Lacazette and Aubameyang, I think they bagged two. Uh, I think Aubameyang got one and Lacazette got two. Is that right? Uh, Aubameyang got two off the bench. Yeah. Um, I think we, we've spoken a lot about uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang when will they start together do you think like in a two um, potentially in a Euro- big European game where they need goals fair enough uh, do you think it's imminent in the Premier League or not uh, well he doesn't need to at the moment he's keeping them both fresh that's true they've won eight on the spin now I have Arsenal. Yes. Well, they're doing very well, aren't they? They are playing very well. Quietly building. Quite yes. like what's going on there. Yes, same. Um, we've spoken about Fulham's defensive wars. Um, you've been calling for them to go back to the system that they played last season. They did in the first half, and they were absolutely dreadful. Um, they played Sessegnon on that left, fullback, uh, that left wing-back position. Uh, and they dropped mm. to a back three. Um, is it a case of that they haven't played that this season, so they've sh- they struggled, or is it a case of that is just not the right system for them in the Premier League? I was surprised they went so open with a three-four-three, um, but the two sort of in the midfield. Seri's not really like a sitting midfielder, is he? No. So they had like the front three and then Seri was on the middle two. It's quite quite an open system to yeah, play to against. Tuck in. I think Arsenal will potentially benefit from lesser teams thinking that they can take points off them. Yeah. Um if I was Fulham, I'd have probably lined up three five two just to uh match up in the midfield. Yeah, it gives uh, them a little three, bit more protection, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they just set up a little bit too open. Yeah, it's, um, it's a difficult one because they they have to to get Mitrovic in the game. They have to play attacking because he doesn't do anything. So I mean, I can't remember hearing his name once on Sunday. Um, he, oh, it was four one, wasn't it? Because Schurler scored. Yeah, five um, one. Five one. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I don't remember hearing Mitro's name at all on on Sunday. Um, he went missing again. Um, I, I think I've spoken about this, that this is what he can do. He hasn't scored. He's, he's had a couple of games where he, I think he grabbed one goal, but he 
pretty much wasn't in the game for for the last like three or four games. Um, do you think that they have to play attacking to get to get him in the game and to score the goals because their 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 back four or five is is poor, or is it a, or is it just a case of like the manager isn't experienced enough? He's he's used to the championship. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I mean, you look at what Hewton did for Brighton. He rested Murray because he knew Murray wouldn't be in the game against City, whereas he knew against West Ham Murray was going to be really influential and important. So, potentially, Mitrovic should be being saved for the games that he's going to influence. Yeah, they could probably get goals on the on the counter-attack against Arsenal. Um, and How that's just shots not... do you think them have? Say that again, sorry. How many shots do you think Fulham had? Well, I wouldn't say more than 10. 21. No way. How many were on target? Four. Well, I think that says a lot, doesn't it? I think they're pot-shotting from about 50 yards. Yeah, exactly. How many shots did Arsenal have? Nine. (laughs) Nine? Yeah, seven on target. Well, you see, that's clinical, isn't it? And they scored five. Yeah. Um... All right, let's move on then. Uh, Southampton against Chelsea, finished 3-0 to Chelsea. Um, the first person I want to talk about is Ross Barkley. Uh, Ross Barkley? He got man of the match on Saturday and uh, played very well. Got his got a goal as well. Um, I think he's just been called up to England. He, he has been, yes. Correct. He Don't you think he looks so much fitter than he ever has done yes. as in terms of like Josh Bentley. not necessarily attractiveness but uh, yeah. how, how uh, athletic he's looking just want to clear that one up I don't fancy Ross Barkley <laughs> he's not my type he's not your type no he has a penis um, I would say that I would definitely agree with that um, I think he's also playing in a system that possibly will suit him a little bit better. He's playing as like, because mm-hmm. he doesn't have to get back and he's got players ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he can blow hot and cold for me. Uh, he was so good. He's, he's been so good at times. Uh, for Everton and now he needs to be he needs to do that and he needs to be more consistent (sighs) can he do it? yeah I think something that will benefit him is this system at Chelsea he's in that midfield three where they're like a little team the three of them Yeah. whereas previously at Everton he was like they had the holding midfield players behind him they had the attackers and then there was sort of him and it was like oh Ross just do your thing and uh yeah i think he was he was given a lot of responsibility at a young age at everton wasn't he yeah i think he'll really flourish under sari yeah personally. i i agree in that system i think he will My... even though i don't agree with the system that sari's playing they're getting results but i i don't agree with the system that he's playing i don't think he's getting the best out of the majority of the players in that in that side especially hazard because I think if Hazard was playing through the middle as like a Roman player, I think he would have a little bit more. He would be able to get more goals. Um, I mean, he scored quite a few this season anyway, but I think he would be a little bit more creative. Uh, but a player it does yeah. suit is Barkley. 
Morata came on for Giroud at the weekend. Giroud obviously set up, I think it was Barkley's goal he set up, uh, with a wonderful little uh, overhead kick. It was great. Um, there's been loads of criticism for Morata. He really smart finish on Sunday. Do you think that he is... Do you think that the competition between those two players is is healthy for for Chelsea? Yeah, I mean, neither of them are really scoring that much, which could be a concern if Hazard goes on a bit of a dry spell. Uh, he seems to sort of start one or the other and then about two-thirds of the way through just bring on the other one. That just seems to be his sort of vibe. I'm not sure he knows which one he prefers up top yet. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's a. I think he prefers Giroud because Giroud can hold the ball up a little bit better, whereas Morata, that's not really his game. Uh, yes, agree. Um, okay, Southampton. Morata's uh, just. Oh, sorry, go on. Morata's just really sure of confidence. He scored in the Europa League. Um, he doesn't yeah, look confident he needs- when he's on the pitch, does he? Like yeah. he, he came on he like even when goal. he scored he was a bit like oh yeah he scored rather than like going out there and giving it some you know what I mean yeah uh, on to uh, on to Southampton then uh, there are real problems at Southampton uh, but one bright spark is Ryan Bertrand uh, he hasn't made the the cut for England how close is he. To get him some sort of uh, call up. Well, he played. He played something like seven or eight of the World Cup qualifying matches because of injuries to other people and stuff. Again, that left side of defence is somewhere we've got a lot of strength and depth. And if there were a couple more injuries, he probably would be there or thereabouts. I don't think it's helped that he's playing for Southampton. Yeah, that is true. Uh, in a struggling defence, I would say. Yeah, Champions League winners medal, Ryan Bertrand. Yeah, he does. Um, in that um, Di Matteo squad, I think wasn't he? Yeah, he started the final. He started on the left of midfield. I think he's a really when... good player. I think he's a really, really good player. Um, I think he just needs a little bit more help, really, in that Southampton side. I think the best scenario for him is Southampton get relegated and he gets a transfer. Yeah, it's a good shout, actually. Big uh, cynical. Yeah. Um, okay, the last game of the weekend was set up to be probably one of the best fixtures that we'll see all season. Uh, Liverpool versus Man City. It turned out to be a bit of a damp squib. It finished uh, nil-nil. It was basically a defensive City against a defensive Liverpool. But City had the chance to take it with that Maris penalty. Have you seen it? Yes, there was a, a Facebook post about it the next day. It was like an unidentified spherical object discovered on the moon, <laughs> yeah. early reports, maybe Mares penalty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he did uh, He did make a, a bit of a hash of it. Um, there was a bit of a conflab between him and Gabriel Jesus just before that, uh, just before he took the penalty. Uh, do you mm-hmm. think... Obviously, in hindsight, like we said, it's easy to say that, yeah, well, uh, Jesus should have taken it. But surely these things should be sorted on the training ground? Um, I believe 
Guardiola instructed Mahrez to take the penalty, which is why... He obviously didn't he, know that he'd only scored four out of his last seven penalties then. And the last one that he missed only, was against Man City. Seven, he's only scored seven out of 12. Wow. In his career. And actually, Gabriel Jesus has missed two of his last three. Oh, really? Yeah. So, with the grower off the pitch, do you not think maybe David Silva should be saying, I'll have this one, lads? Yeah, I refuse to believe that David Silva is not a good penalty taker. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just, I've got a uh, an interesting factoid for you. Who is the only player in Premier League history to have a worse conversion rate than Riyad Mahrez? What, penalty-wise? It's not Jamie Yeah, Barnes, Riyad Mahrez, 7 <laughs> Okay. I wish it was Jamie Vaughan. Uh, and this player has only scored five out of ten. Oh, wow. I will give clues. Are we talking recent okay. recent Premier League history? No, they played for Aston Villa between 2001 and 2007. Oh, John and, Carew. Uh, when they were, nah, when they were signed, they were Villa's record signing. Whoa. I have no idea. Like, Darren Bent? No. Go on, who? Juan Pablo Angel. No way. I was yeah, like, 44 not even... goals in like 170 games for Villa, but he only scored five out of 10 penalties. Wow. That is a good fact. Um, Fernandinho showed his importance. He got one of the match on Saturday. Um, bring us back to a question that we asked last week. You've been doing some research for this podcast in Cyprus. You've I been have. scouting. And. Uh, who have you found that is the uh, answer to Man City's problems? Well, not problems, uh, but um, the problem is that when Fernandinho goes. I'm going to have to find his name because I've got no idea how to pronounce it. Um, he, but he plays for Leon, and he's a, a holding midfield player. Where's Where's his name? Going down the list here. Cool, they've got a lot of Premier League cast-offs. Uh, Tangai Ndombele. Good effort. And go on, tell me a statistic, because I, I didn't know and st- still don't know a lot about this guy, um, but you told me about him last uh, over the last couple of days. What are his statistics like? Um, he scored, so he only came, they signed him from like the second division a couple of years ago. Uh, this year, he got like four assists in their first eight games, but he is like, he's a defensive midfield player. That's what he does. Um, very, very sort of mobile, like Fernandinho is. Uh, they signed him from. So he played for Amiens, Amiens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, until, actually, yeah. So Leon, he was on loan at Leon last year, uh, and started thirty-two. Uh, played thirty-two games last year. Didn't score, uh, but he was fairly prolific as an assister. That's. It's good, it's good, and and you, I think you told me the other day that Spurs and Liverpool were possibly interested in him, um, but surely you choose Man City in that situation, don't you? Uh, yes, I would agree, so someone's keep an eye on. He'll probably never play for an English side ever, but he's just been called up by France. Uh, I'm interested to see how he plays over the next couple of games. I'm going to try and catch some of the Lyon games slash the France games over uh, the over next week. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. A couple of things that I want to talk about. The first one is probably the 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 largest story of the week that's happened, 
Uh, and we're going to treat this quite tentatively. We're going to try not to make any jokes about this. Um, but Ronaldo has been accused of uh, rape. Um, it's alleged that this happened uh, nearly 10 years ago. And uh, he's been dropped by Portugal. Um, he's been Nike saying that his, uh, his sponsorship deal is in the balance, basically. Um, Juventus came out with just a fairly horrendous statement. I don't know if you've seen that, Josh. Um, no, week, I haven't. Uh, they basically were like, oh, he's a great player, so it doesn't matter if he's raped anyone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not in as many words, but basically, it may as well have said that. Um, I know that this is like off football in terms of what what is going on on the pitch, but we've we've seen stories like this before with uh, Adam Johnson and things like that. And, and me and Naomi have, have spoken about this over the last couple of days. Um, the, there is no set protocol of what happens if these are alleged statements. Um, Obviously, he's, he's been dropped by Portugal and things like that. Do you think that's the right way for Portugal to go about it? Do you think that the Nike have gone about it the right way and saying, oh, your thing's in the balance? What do you reckon? Uh, I think they're sort of covering their own backs because if they back a player that it turns out actually has done that, then they look uh, bad. But do you, not, do you not think that if you just didn't say anything at all, then it would be a bit better? Yeah, maybe. It's a it's I a think... tough one. I don't think there's I don't think there's a right answer to this. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I... yeah, tricky because yeah. he's so high profile as well. Yeah, I I think that Portugal have made the mistake by dropping him because if say if Portugal call him up, he has a couple of good games, and then it's it's sort of not spoken about as much but the fact that he's not there is going to be talked about a lot because he is one of the greatest players to have ever graced the game he's probably uh, I would say in terms of like his presence in in social media and things like that he's probably the largest the, like the greatest footballer at the moment um, so I think Portugal have, have dropped the ball a little bit I think if Nike hadn't said anything at all it maybe would have been a little bit better yeah it's a it's a difficult situation because there's no right way to go about this they'll be criticized in in one way or another regardless of what they do if they didn't come out and say anything they'd be like well nike haven't said anything like they're obviously backing him or whatever it's a Mm. tricky one i mean i haven't really got any question i just thought I, i just wanted your opinion on the whole situation really yeah, I mean, I've not done that much sort of reading into it because I don't really want to sort of take any sides until there's more evidence sort of either way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, difficult. Not ideal for him, though. No, well, it's an ongoing situation and we'll keep tabs on it over the next few months and I'm sure it'll uh, elaborate a little bit more. Uh, but let's move on to something a little bit more jovial now. Uh, I just want to talk about um, Lionel Messi's downward curve. I said a natural <laughs> down. So he's got 11. If we're going off the season. <laughs> if, we're going off, if we're going off the year, he scored 91 goals. <laughs> on a I think everyone has a natural downward curve after 91 goals. Um, he, he has 11 in 11 this week, he's, uh, uh, this season. He schooled um, Spurs in the Champions League last week. Did you watch the game? Um, no, because I was in in the air. Oh, you were in the air, were you? He um, 
basically, he was just fucking unbelievable. Um, he, if there was one game that you want to show your kids, whenever that may happen, um, about the greatest footballer of all time, it was probably that game. It was yeah. absolutely unbelievable. If you were going to give Messi a reference, it would pretty much be those two words, wouldn't it? What? Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, he's he's bloody brilliant. He's bloody brilliant. And it's just a, it's just a, I feel privileged to have grown up watching him play football. Yeah. Um, I looked at his stats this week again, and it's just absolutely unbelievable. Not not only his stats for for his, for Barcelona, but his stats for Argentina are amazing as well. Bearing in mind he's playing in a team with, mm-hmm. well, he's he's not had the greatest look in an Argentina shirt. No. Um, as we talk about internationals, I want to talk about uh, the last thing or the last couple of things that we're going to talk about. The first one is that the England squad um, was announced this week. Uh, Gareth Southgate's gone for four goalkeepers. One of them is Marcus Bettinelli who was Fulham's goalkeeper, who has conceded 21 this season. He is the first person I want to talk about. Um, why is he in the squad, Josh? Um, I think continuity, maybe, because he was in the last squad. Was he? Uh, yeah, he was in the last squad. We have four keeps in the last squad as well. Um, and I know he can't be called up to the under-21s because he's 26. Um I don't know if he's ever played England age group. Yeah, he played once for England under 21, so that qualifies him for Southgate squads, I suppose. Um, yeah, maybe just continuity, because I don't think like both neither him nor Alex McCarthy have any caps, so they're probably a bit undecided as to who they're looking to move forward with. Yeah, uh, I would say that we had a, a little conversation over text the other day about uh, I'm not... Personally, I, I'm not a big Jack Butland fan. Uh, sorry, a uh, big uh, Jordan Pickford fan. I think he's a he's a bit of a twat, to be honest. Um, he, he makes mm-hmm. mistakes, but he is the best that England have got. And when you look at the goalkeepers that are underneath him, you're talking Alex McCarthy, who has made some great saves this season, but is playing in a dud um, Southampton team. Marcus Bettinelli, we've spoken about him playing poorly for Fulham and playing in a poor back line as well. And Jack Butland, who's playing in a Stoke team that are struggling in the championship. So we're not blessed with and great actually, goalkeepers, no, are we? Go on. None of them. Like Pickford, like one thing that he is good at is is distribution. Yeah. Like his shot stopping maybe isn't his strongest strongest um asset. Attribute. Yeah. Asset, attribute. I couldn't make up my mind. <laughs> um and I think actually maybe when Nick Pope gets back from his injury, like you're looking at him, like him potentially going straight in fighting for that number two totally, jersey. Totally. And you know, like if we're if we're discounting Joe Hart from this conversation, we're looking at like six or seven other England keepers that have a combined about thirty caps. Between well, I, them. I, I was um, I was surprised that Bettinelli got called up instead of Hart. I have to admit. Um, I think yeah. personally, I think Hart deserved a call up. I think he's been, and and you know me, I, I'm quite a big critic of Hart. Um, he's but he's had a. Well, I mean, you don't need to have a good heart full season anymore. You need to have a good half season, or th- yeah. few games even. So I'm surprised yeah. that he didn't get a call up because he's 
he, mm-hmm. again he played quite well on Saturday. Um, I'm just looking down the list. Um, the next player that I want to talk about, we're, we're mainly going to be looking at the midfielders. Uh, the next player I want to talk about is Nathaniel Chalaber. He's being called up. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about him in a whole. So the, the the six midfielders that have been called up are Ross Barkley, fair enough, attacking midfielder. He's been playing quite well. Um, Nathaniel Chalaber, Eric Dyer, Jordan Henderson, Mason Mount, Harry Winks. Yeah. Mason Mount is firstly... Well, let's start with Chalaber. Okay. Why is Chalaber in the squad, do you think? Uh, so he had a call up last year, but then he missed the game because he was injured. Yeah. Uh, he has come all the way through the England age group setups. England under 16, six caps. England under 17, 34 caps. England under 19, 13 caps. England under 24 caps. England under 21, 40 caps. Um, I feel like in the Southgate era, that's sort of as good as good a uh, good a CV as any sort of young player could have yeah uh, I think that also speaks volumes Salby thinks about his defensive midfield options yeah <clears throat> in terms of their lack of ability to play the ball forward definitely he's um he started uh, he's played a combined total of 180 minutes this season in there yeah um for for Watford He's played four minutes in the Premier League and he's got two EFL Cup games under his belt. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like we, we spoke about Shelby before, I just don't understand how you can pick a player like Chalibur and and also arguably Harry Winks, who started on Saturday, I think, but has it? I wonder how many minutes he's played this season. Um, let me just have a quick look, see if I can find it quickly. Uh, One thing, Harry passable forward. Yes. Uh, to be fair, Winks has played 411 minutes this season. He's played in nine games. Um, yeah. I know the one game he played for England, beat it against Lithuania, he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. Um, I can see why he's been called up. He's been in the squad before. He's played before. But someone like um, Mason Mount, who was playing for Derby in the Championship, I don't understand how you can play. If you're calling the the international football, the highest level of football, I don't understand how you can play in the second tier of English football and be called up for England. Ooh. Cut out again. Sorry. Oh, you're back. Yeah. That's all right. It's only the second time he's done it, to be fair. Yeah. I was um, just saying, I don't know how you can play in the second tier of English football and then go on to play for play international football. Yeah, I'd be very surprised any minutes I think it's more just to see how he copes around the senior squad potentially yeah um, I'm just be... so I'm just so uninspired by England's midfield every time that the the squads yeah. are announced I, I, I don't think there's anyone in there who can change a game are you there? yeah <laughs> I agree I am yes uh, one player that I think has deserved a call-up, though, and we spoke about this earlier in the week, uh, is Jaden Sancho, called up. Uh, he's got five assists, I think, this season for Borussia Dortmund. It's the most out of any of the top five leagues in Europe. Um, rising star? Yeah, definitely. And with only one start as well in the league. Yeah. He only started uh, on Saturday, I mean- actually, so he had five assists from all from sub-appearances. Uh, correct. 
Um, yeah, definitely. He was came through the ranks at City. They were offering him a contract, but no guarantee of playing time. So he went elsewhere, basically. Brilliant. Uh, it's completely the right mindset. For me, deserves to be in the squad. Uh, James, Mar- James Madison is also in there. Um, I'm very, very happy that Madison's in there. He deserves yes. it. Um, okay, so uh, that's enough of that. England talk. Mm. We'll be talking a bit more about England next week. Um, we've got a couple of questions from uh, from Instagram this week. Uh, let cool. me just have a quick look. Um, about right, we got two questions from uh, Joey Pollard. Um, the first one is... Um, now that Wenger's gone, is any manager bigger than the club? No. <laughs> is that your answer? Yeah. Okay, I would agree Although I with think that. the manager's bigger than the player, but I think it's so hard to be a manager when all your playing staff are on more money than you, basically. Yeah. I would definitely agree so, with that. Yeah. Um... We'll go. Uh, Joy's next question. We'll do. We'll do in a sec after this question. This one. This one's from Elliot Tut. Um, mm-hmm. He wants us to talk about the Villa managerial situation. Um, I think the last time I looked, John. Well, John Terry's just retired from football. Um, he was favourite. Thierry Henry was just in behind. Um, I saw a, a a post like a comedy post about Alan Pardew getting the job. Um, uh-huh. Who's going into Villa next? Do you think? Um, again, I've not really been following it. I think Terry and Thierry Henry would make an absolutely great managerial pairing. Yes. Terry Henry pairing. Terry Henry. Um, yeah. Interesting. Because, like, as a club, they've got such good heritage. Yeah, they have. They're one of, I would say, I I think they're just above uh, Newcastle in the amount of trophies that they've won. Um, like, uh, like major trophies that they've won. Since their mm-hmm. founding, um, the next question uh, again from Joy um, is: What is your favourite kit? What do you think is the greatest kit of all time? Tricky one. That I might have to go away and think about that one. Cool. Well, should we leave that one up? Let's let's. Yeah, we'll what we want is up. we want your suggestions for your favourite kits of the of forever not just of your team but of any team um we want you to send them to us on twitter at jaffpod uh on instagram at jaffpod uh and hashtag jaffpod in there as well uh we want to hear your suggestions uh two more things to talk about the first one is bolton i forgot to tag it on the end of the results go on tell me how bolton got on this week we lost one nil to blackburn uh Slight mo slight moment of controversy in the game. We were awarded a penalty, but then it was changed to an offside decision. Uh, it was the right decision. Yes, I saw so. that. There was a great fan cam video of some lad mm-hmm. who was like screaming with happiness, uh, and then the decision was changed to an offside, and he was like crying. It was great, and his dad was like, "This is why won- I hate EFL uh, referees or whatever." We've. Uh- well, it was it was the right decision. Yeah, uh, we've won, we've won once in eight games. Need to turn it around. Down sixteenth. Not much more I can say on that. Um, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Let's hope we've so. We've got we've got a shite record against Black Blackburn. So 
True. Uh, okay, last thing is uh, JP's tiny tip. England to beat Croatia and I need to back someone to score. What are the odds on Sterling to score and England to win? Okay, let me just get this up. I've got a new phone, so it's taken me a while to get into things. Um, So England to win. Uh, Is is this Croatia? Is this uh, Friday's game? Yes, England-Croatia. Right, let me get it. Where are you? This makes for great listening while I'm looking through these. So England to win. Uh, England to win and Sterling to score. Sterling. Yeah. You got to, surely. Let me have a look then. A score any time? Yeah. Oh, I don't know where that is in here. I'm not very good at this betting thing. So I can oh, tell, I can England, give you England some other win. ones. Harry, so England to win is seven to four. Um, Harry Kane to score any time yeah. six to four. Harry Kane to score a header fourteen to one. That's decent. Um, England yeah, to win. We'll go, go with that. What Kane to score a header? Header. Yeah. Fourteen to one. Wow. We'll be in the big books if we win this one. Right, there we go. Came to score a header against Croatia. Um, You wrongly said that it was... uh, that we were playing the USA this time in a friendly. They are both Nations League matches. That's next time. Yeah. Uh, So we've got two Nations League matches. Uh, I think one is on Friday and one is on Monday. So our podcast next week... When are you back from Cyprus, Josh? Saturday. Sound. So our podcast will hopefully be out next Tuesday evening um have you got anything else to say of this week no i'm just impressed the connections held up yeah so am i thanks for joining us from cyprus all the way from cyprus um hashtag jaffpod international hashtag jaffpod international if you've got any questions anything that you want uh us to talk about on next week's pod whether it's to do with football or not uh we can tag it on the end of the podcast next week um then get in touch at JaffPod on Twitter and Instagram and hashtag JaffPod on both of those services as well. Um, you can also message us on Facebook and all of that sort of stuff as well on our personal accounts, which would be really good. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Have you enjoyed it, Josh? As, as always. Delicious. Right. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next week. See you later. Will do. Have a lovely Bye. Bye.